1: Welcome to the terrible podcast season 14 episode 61. He's Dave Brian. I'm Alex Kazora, Steelers com. Thanks for being back with us here this Monday episode Steelers Nation episode coming out a little bit later than usual today because of the Mike Tomlin press conference held at noon just wrapped up. So Dave and I wanted to get a reaction and hear from Coach Tomlin before recording today's episode. Dave, how are you doing? How was your weekend?
0: Uh, it was good. I got to watch a lot of football, obviously, on, 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 on Sunday there, which was good. A lot of uh, interesting games. Uh, a lot of games I thought would be better than they would ended up not being so good. But uh, uh, yeah, look, I mean, o- overall, we're about We're entering, I guess, technically the final quarter of the season. It's hard to believe that you could still term it at this point with all that's gone on that, man, there's one quarter of the season left, right? You know, four games. And based on things that uh, happened around the NFL so far in in week 14, obviously two games left to be played didn't realize it was a doubleheader Monday night, but, uh, good, good for us. We'll get to a sit back and watch that. But, uh, uh, very, very important four games, right? Cause the Steelers, I guess, mm-hmm. technically controlled their own destiny. I know that doesn't get a lot of people excited. And I know when we talked coming out of uh, that game, uh, on, on, on the Friday show there, we talked about, you know, there are still four games left. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to find out what this team is made of. And at, at this point, it, man, it, it really feels like this team has to run the table and at worst be three and one with maybe the lone loss being to the Seahawks and then trying to get a little bit of help uh, along the way. But there's six teams right now at seven and six in the AFC Somehow the Steelers managed to come out of this weekend, uh, uh, the number six seed in the AFC, but, uh, you got a big game coming up on Saturday against the Colts. So that's where we sit.
1: Yeah. Saturday's game will face two of those six, seven and six teams between the Colts coming off a pretty terrible loss to the Bengals and Pittsburgh coming off two terrible losses to the Cardinals and. The Patriots, so yeah, Dave. Pittsburgh has fallen up this weekend after the Patriots game. They were the eighth seed, and then with the Colts losing, the Texans losing, etc., Pittsburgh now the number six seed if the season were to end today. Again, Mike Tomlin holding his press conference, so we'll begin there and talk about the health of this team going into Saturday's game against the Colts. Kenny Pickett has already been ruled out by Mike Tomlin with the ankle injury. Mitch Trubisky will start. Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt are in concussion protocol, and we'll just have to wait and see if they can get cleared in time. So from an injury standpoint, those are some of the most notable takeaways and storylines. Pickett still out. Trubisky is going to start. Mason Rudolph will get increased reps this week per Mike Tomlin, but that just because of the longer week more than anything else. There's really no competition. In fact, Mike Tomlin said we're not opening up competition at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, and we didn't really spend a lot of time on this the other day talking about the whole Watt thing uh, coming out of that game. A lot of pushback and leave it to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk to uh, to be a huge instigator on this. But, uh, uh, you know, kind of everybody wants to know how the heck was T.J. Watt cleared to go back into that game and especially or, or did he even get tested for a concussion? And, you know, you you, you there was enough signals people theorized that, you know, the dark visor and him supposedly smelling uh, using smelling science salts and, and kind of trying to blink and adjust his eyes that, you know, people wondered if, if, if the Steelers skirted some things or didn't do proper uh, protocol or, or what have you to get, to get TJ Watt back into that game. Now uh, all I Now Mike Tomlin was asked about that today. And uh, basically he, it was, it was a shoulder shrug, right. Saying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, look, you know, I, assumed assume that, uh, he was checked and, you know, I'm only told if, if guys are out of games or if they're coming back in games and, 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 and whatnot, he only went on to say that he he assumes he was a check for a concussion and not that it's, it, 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 it's, it's really gospel here or, uh, you know, read into it, I guess what you will, but that, uh, Kaylee Hartung, uh, who's the sideline reporter from Amazon uh, Prime, I went back and listened, you know, to, to the uh, or watched the TV tape again and, and and listened to kind of some of the uh, analysis and on. I went specifically to that part after Alex Highsmith had came out of the uh, blue tent and her report on the sideline was, and this is verbatim. I transcribed Alex Highsmith is still in there. We are told he's questionable to return because of a neck injury. The unaffiliated neuro neuro neurotrauma consultant is inside the tent with him right now. And it was earlier that we saw TJ Watt in there also with the UNC for four minutes, but he's been Back in the game, and his helmet now has a tinted visor attached to it. So, once again, you know you're you're reliant on 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 someone reporting there, but that was at least reported in game. Now, I am not a you. I am not an unaffiliated (laughs) neurotrauma.
1: You're uh, you're an affiliated one,
0: right? Yeah, I'm none of them. uh, (laughs) uh, Obviously, not qualified to talk about that, but. All I know is if he's unaffiliated, then he's not affiliated with the team, right?
1: Uh, Right. The NFL has an independent doctor for each game to try to avoid any potential biases by teams to allow players to continue to play with concussions.
0: Okay, so if indeed her report was correct, that that TJ Watt was in there uh, with the UNC for four minutes, and if he cleared... TJ Watt to go back in that game, then wouldn't that be on him? You know, TJ Watt's going to tell you, I'm fine. Let me back in the game, you know, uh, uh, that kind of thing. And I don't know what to what degree the Steelers own, you know, medical staff looks at him and all like that. But, I mean, if indeed, and that's a big if, we're just going off what they tell us on the television there, uh, if her report was that he was in there for four minutes with the UNC and then let back in the game after that, uh, does it matter that he had a 10 advisor on? Does it matter? You know does d- does the rest matter? Does this all fall back on
1: him? I have just two thoughts on this. I'm not seeing any information that would indicate Pittsburgh did anything wrong here. And a, we know he was checked by team trainers and team doctors because he was on the bench getting checked at one point. As well, his jaw was being checked at at one point. No, there was a sideline shot of that. Right. And then whenever he goes in the blue tent with. Maybe team personnel, but also the UNC, they have to be, you know, they're checking for a concussion or or symptoms or anything then. So based on that, there's nothing that tells me Pittsburgh did anything wrong. There could be questions about the process. This happened last year with Tua. Remember the UNC Mm -hmm. in that game with Tua last year got fired. Some view that as a scapegoat type of thing. I'm not sure what's fact, what's fiction there, but that's the policy in place for someone who does not work for the team to come in and evaluate to hopefully take away reduce the risk of any sort of bias of letting a guy go back into a game. That's been been the concern. But I think there is a valid question about, you know, how how was he cleared? Why was he cleared? Because to wear a tinted visor, when I, knew, when I saw that live, I went, that's a bit strange. Does he have an issue with the lights? Is something with his eyes? And that may be an indication of a concussion. So um, I think it's fair to question how he was allowed to go back into the game. But I'm not seeing any evidence that Pittsburgh did, any, did anything wrong from a procedure standpoint that allowed him to get cleared.
0: Right then, obviously, uh, what uh, he he reported what the self reported the symptoms on what what day was it Saturday?
1: That would have been, I think, Friday. Friday. He was announced to be in protocol according to Mike Florio. He was supposed to interview Watt after the game. The team uh, declined the interview because Watt had a migraine. So it sounds like okay. the inter- the the symptoms may have been starting sometime Thursday night.
0: Okay, well. Should should this is going to be an ongoing thing just in the league in general? You know, uh, the process and all like that. Uh, And I'm sure because TJ Watt being such a high profile player, Mike Florio will keep digging. But I I kind of come away with this with uh, like like you do. I don't at least on the surface from what's out there, I don't view the Steelers as 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 having done something wrong or negligent here. Mm you know, at least, at least on the surface. Now, might might it be found out otherwise? I mean, you'll have to talk, people have to talk to the, the UNC and all like that.
1: And we know symptoms can be delayed and they don't always present immediately and no concussions are exactly alike. But if you're asking just my personal opinion as a clearly non-doctor, it is tough for me to believe that Watt did not play that game with a concussion, considering sure. that he apparently had symptoms shortly after the game, a migraine according to the team, at least according to Mike Florio, via the team, and then, of course, being in protocol the next day. So I think you have to examine the process of how a player gets cleared and why he was cleared. But again, I'm not seeing any evidence that Pittsburgh was skirting the rules or trying to intervene or obstruct the evaluation of T.J. Watt.
0: Sure. The the, the, the newspaper has a smell of of fishiness to it uh, overall.
1: Sure. And we've seen issues still, you know, Gardner Minshew gets crushed against the Bengals. He gets up and stumbles, clearly, you know, hit hard in the head and there was never a check on Gardner Minshew. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, what is the process? And with Tua last year, obviously that became the top story in the NFL. So there's still, I think, fair questions about how the NFL handles head injuries.
0: All right. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll see if Alex Highsmith and, and T.J. Watt uh, can clear protocol uh, and, and be able to play on Saturday.
1: Right. I know I I get the sense that kind of people assume that they will, and maybe they will. Mike Tomlin left up in the air. They're going to follow the process, but you know, they have a couple extra days, but typically guys that get concussed and we know that Watt is concussed. And we probably assume that Highsmith suffered one as well. They almost always miss at least one game when they actually have a concussion. Some guys are in protocol. They don't actually get diagnosed. They exit protocol pretty quickly. So, you know, we'll see, but I'm not super confident. These guys are going to play on Saturday.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, that, yeah, I it's hard to predict these kind of things for sure not sure. knowing the level and all like that so uh they're gonna they'll be in big trouble if they don't you know uh you, you certainly would like to see them uh, play be able to have both of them but you know not not at risking <laughs> not not at risking their brains you know
1: of course of course what do you make of the decision Mitch Trubisky will start Mason Rudolph that will be the backup can he pick it out really no competition to be had here not I don't I doubt we're, we're Either of us are shocked by this news. No. But what's your what's your take on the actual? Decision? I mean,
0: and, and look, Mike Tomlin said he thought uh, Mitch Trubisky did better as the game went on. I, I wonder if there's extra tape that I'm missing <laughs> or, 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 or or something here. Uh, look, what way did we think this was going to go? You know, we, we can say, I know you wrote a nice post the other day of, of, of why, you know, he you believe Mason Rudolph should be the starter. I, I don't disagree with that, but uh, at its core, what way did we think this was going to turn out exactly the way mm-hmm. it's turning out? Uh, uh, I will say this, uh, you know, he can paint. Mitch's performance, however, he likes, and and, you know he he was. We'll we'll try to sum up a lot of things here in in, uh, while while talking about Mitch. You know, he talked about the fourth down decision to go deep, and then uh, he painted that that uh, uh, kind of compare or did compare it to the uh, uh, the deep pass uh, to to George Pickens against the Ravens earlier in the season. Although I believe that was on a different down. Uh, in that situation, and, and, and against a zero blitz and all like that, but uh, regardless, uh, Mike Tomlin kind of painted that you know w- uh, we would we would we would be look. It's all results orientated. If 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 Mitch threw that ball and Deontay caught it. Uh, how would that play be looked at? And look, you you could do this with every play of every game if you wanted to, and go results mm-hmm. orientated. I understand where Mike Tomlin is coming uh, from. This, even so, I drill this, and we said it the other day. I drill this down more to two plays than I do one. Uh, you know, you can't tell me in needing what two yards and in 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 in. in the third down, a fourth down situation. Uh, I, and we do this a lot. We question process, not necessarily results. Mm-hmm. Now, would we be talking about the process as much on Friday morning? Had Mitch completed that pass to, to, to Deontay Johnson, they end up getting in the end zone, yada, yada, probably not as much, but we, we have to go off of what happened and especially considering you know your two down situation. You know, it's, you know what, and and just the ability to throw the football overall, and and the probability factor uh, involved in completing a pass. What was it, thirty three air yards down the field, uh, yada yada. So I, I understand how Mike. Tomlin's trying to frame it that, yeah, but if he completes it, are we talking about it? Well, I mean, you could talk, you could talk, break down every play uh, being successful, not successful, and, and being results orientated that way. I think more than anything, it, 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 it's it's process involved in that particular situation. If you do it earlier in the game versus later in the game, it's probably less talked about uh, mm-hmm. a- a- as well. But you're talking about a critical you know, obviously end of game type situation there. Uh, I don't view, I thought Mitch Trubisky had a very poor game, end of story.
1: I did as well, and you're right, Trubisky did that earlier in the game, was a third and five. He took a deep shot to Deontay right sideline, incomplete, we don't talk about that much because it doesn't carry the weight that the fourth and two with the game, and in some ways, your season, to an extent, was on the line. Going back to the all 22 on that one, I was really critical on the Friday show of the play calls, I still think the fourth and two that he flipped to Jalen Warren was not a good play call overall, but watching those last two plays, that third and two in completion to Pickens and the fourth and two in completion to Deontay Johnson, there were plays there underneath that were designed and schemed to be open. And I assume the primary read, if they were open on that, on that third and two, the flat to Deontay is open. If you hit that, that's going to be a first down on the fourth and two. That little rub route with Allen Robinson underneath Pat Frymuth might be a tight window throw probably going to take a shot, but it's open. So to me, I've said this before, and that's why I would personally advocate for Rudolph over Trubisky in this game, especially on a fuller week to get reps and get some prep time. Um, Trubisky's risk meter is broken. He's not hitting what's there, what's designed, what the primary stuff is. He'll take the riskier, higher reward throw instead of just kind of how the offense is designed to get the yardage needed in that moment. And that's been a continual problem in his game yolo bisky <laughs> exactly he loves the yolo ball and, and like even if he hits that to Deontay, you're right we're not talking about it but it's not like that throws guaranteed to win you the game you're at maybe at the 20 15 yard line you still could play for the field goal so if that's a situation where if you hit that you're gonna hit a field goal to win the game that's one thing but you could easily still hit that and then just tie the game so it's like even the reward there is not as high as you might think that it would be
0: and look even even the uh the rub that that uh, for for, for ala Robinson there, uh, that was never in Trubisky's cards in that one. So, I mean he he's already made he already made up his mm-hmm. mind. He was going yep. down the left hand side. So uh, to go back and and try to still shot that or or or, or, or look at the play in slow motion or whatever it, it 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 doesn't matter because he's already letting loose that football. His mind's made up. He's yeah, but that's down, the problem. that's right. it's,
1: it's too predetermined.
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree.
1: So Look, I, I I
0: really think that you need and once again, I think you boil it down. I mean, you you could singly focus on just a fourth down decision going deep all in of uh, uh in and of itself, but I think those two plays combined, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, but but even the third and two, he passes up the, the- You know, less risky throw to Deontay, the one that's open in the flat. They're running a slant flat concept, and he wants to throw downfield to Pickens on the slant. The more reward, you're going to get more yardage from that, but the higher risk, and the pass is incomplete.
0: Right. And so, you know, the, the probability factor the situation factor and, and all like that i mean once again if you're doing that earlier in the game it's not look it's not look i look uh, i went back through the tape i know you have as well too i didn't think mitch played all that great of game i think he's lucky to only have the one interception in the game uh on 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 on, on top of it
1: no i agree but Trubisky will be the guy and neither of us are surprised by that and we'll just hope For better results against the Colts.
0: And look, now now you're at the point. We we figured it would turn out this way uh, with with Trubisky. (laughs) Man, you got to win this game against the Colts, right, Alex? I mean... I mean, you, I guess technically we don't know how things are going to play out. If you lose this game, if the right things happen and you win your final three or whatnot, that you could, you know, there are obviously scenarios out there that that could get in. But man, it it really feels like all four games right now are must win games for this team. And, And where I'm going with this is if you get in a situation and Mitch is not playing good ball again, uh, and you're down 12 13 whatever uh uh points in this game to to the Colts <sighs> I you gotta you gotta consider putting Mason in there for a spark
1: sure with everything on the line even uh, though that, it
0: might even though it might end up end up being even a bigger train wreck you know
1: right the issue is and I think this is tomlin's hesitation to make any sort of change or consider it is Rudolph has not really gotten reps since camp you know he's not played in NFL games since 2021 late in that season on mop-up duty against the Chiefs so that's why for me you know on a short on a, excuse me on a, on a longer week a fuller week until Saturday you can get in a full practice session full week of practices essentially and that gives Rudolph some time to get those reps if he doesn't if he gets just a couple of second team reps this week and rotates in a little bit I think Tomlin's going to be really hesitant to go to Rudolph just given the lack of uh, playing time or at least practice time that he's had
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: If only they had
0: Joe Flacco, right?
1: I mean, kudos to Flacco, man, 38 and just slinging it. So, yeah, good job there. But you're right. I mean, if you to be optimistic for a second, if you beat the Colts, like you got a good chance to 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 get in the playoffs. You still have to take care of business in Pittsburgh. It's always fragile whether or not that they do. But if you beat the Colts, I mean, you're gonna their playoff odds are gonna be. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but they're gonna be pretty high.
0: Here's the thing: you just Focus on this game. Period. Win this game. Win it exactly.
1: One hundred percent. Like 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 Rocky speech are Yeah,
0: no. Like Adrian. Like like Adrian told Rocky, "Win." You know, uh, there is no tomorrow. You know. uh, you better be focused on winning this game and this game only you better not worry you better not be watching the scoreboard or anything else you you better win this game and then whatever happens we'll we'll decide what we talk about next week uh from from there uh uh once again can this team get in if it goes 3 and 1 in the final four games i suppose you never know what's going to happen there but if you want to uh not put it in anybody else's hands you better run to, if they if they run the table they'll be in right
1: Oh, hundred percent. I'm pretty confident. Even if they go three and one, I think they're still going to get one of those top seven seats okay. where exactly they're not going to win the division. They may be number six or number seven. I think if you go three and one, you're 10 and seven. I think Pittsburgh will get it.
0: Well, especially if that one loss ends up being to the Seahawks, that would probably help you help you a little bit anyway because it's out of conference at all. Sure. And you know, we talked to uh, at the beginning of the season, man, in the a- in the AFC North period, you would think that this team needs to go 4 and 2 to get into the playoffs in any any way shape or form because right now, I mean, you've got you got the Bengals sitting there as w- what you know a- 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 as well right now. What what's your uh record in the division right now? 3 and
1: one, one. Right? Pittsburgh, yeah, the Bengals issue is they're what oh and four in the north right now. Right. So they're on tiebreakers they're gonna lose out in a lot of instances.
0: Right, but if they beat the Steelers, you know.
1: Well, they should Pittsburgh would still have tiebreaker because they'd have the better divisional record okay. and the head to heads one to one, but then they go into three way tiebreakers, it kind of gets messy from there. Right. But my, my suspicion is that three and one is still good enough to get you in two and two probably is not.
0: Well, here here's the thing you, you better focus on winning this game.
1: Right. and the problem is though we had the same conversation going in Thursday's game just win this game you'll be good and of course you saw what happened
0: right I mean my, my confidence level is not high uh, uh, you know along, <laughs> along with everybody else's especially if they if you you know you're running a risk right now we'll see what happens with with, with Watt and what high Smith and all you know
1: sure. Mike Tomlin Presser talked about George Pickens needing to manage his frustrations better. Wouldn't call this some sort of biting criticism, but essentially saying that Pickens frustrations are not solution oriented. And that's got to be the focus even when you do get frustrated in game. Pickens has, I think, the right to be frustrated, but managing that better is Tomlin's point.
0: I agree 100 percent with that. Uh, You know, that's not helping you in the moment.
1: It's not so you have to channel that better, but again, it's hard to blame the guy when you have five catches for 19 yards catching a bunch of curl routes, and that's about it.
0: Sure, but I mean, uh, do you think this dude, if, if he's not getting getting the ball six times a game for 100 yards and a touchdown, I don't think we're done talking about this with him in game.
1: No, we had the conversation when it came up before. I don't think you're ever going to be done talking about that with receivers especially younger ones that want the ball and are you know you know still growing up and still learning and those types of things so i I think it'll be an an ongoing thing um but it's not something that's damaging this team right now i mean it's not even the social media stuff that cropped up what post titans game that was so um i'm not super it's not top of mind for me right now
0: right well hopefully somebody takes them by the back of the neck maybe in 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 that locker room and you because know, look, Mika had some choice words the other day, and uh, the, these leaders need to uh, need to uh, maybe speak a little bit louder in that locker room.
1: To me, the concern about Pickens' frustration is less of a post game thing, but more of an in game thing. If you get frustrated in game, you're not focused on your technique. You kind of get in your own head, and that's going to just you know snowball the results when you do have your opportunities. So, to me, it's less of an issue about him being frustrated on the sideline or, or post game, but how does that actually impact your actual play? That's actually where I think it's going to hurt him the most right now. All
0: right, agreed.
1: What else did Mike Tomlin? What else did he have to say that caught your your ear, Dave?
0: Uh trying to, you know, talking about a key moment in the game, and and he wanted to talk less about the 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 Trubisky interception and more about the the defense not holding the Patriots to a, to a to a field goal in that short. Uh, short field situation there, (laughs) you know, uh, and how that was a key, which I mean, it was a key point in the game, but still, if you only score, what do they score in points, you know, uh, you're still going to have to score some points along the way, and they're just not scoring enough points.
1: Here was one of my takeaways from the Tomlin presser, and you're you're basically hitting on it is I, I had the question in my head as he's opening up and talking. When will he ever blame the offense? I don't know if he blamed the offense once in this. He's opened up by talking about the defense and the defense had problems. Listen, you spot, you know, Bailey Zappi, 21 points, you know, even on the one short field there. That's not acceptable. The defense certainly has to be better than, than they were in this game. But I mean, he came out and had about, I don't know, 90 seconds on the defense, not playing well enough. And then he goes, on the offensive side of the ball, if I find the quote here, now on the offensive side of the ball, I thought Mitch picked up his play as The game wore on. I'm like, all right, nothing on the nothing about the offensive struggles. Then I guess just the, the offense getting better. So again, I know Tomlin's a defensive minded coach. I know he sets a much higher expectation for Pittsburgh's defense than the offense, and rightfully so, the defense is better than the offense. But if you're if you're a defensive player, going, can you give us anything about the offense having to do their job and pick up the, the pace? It's this is not an isolated thing. It's been the mantra Tomlin's had all season long.
0: And look, uh, once again, and I'm not letting the defense off the hook here, but uh, they settled down in the second half. You know, uh, at least kept them out of the end zone, right?
1: Well, they pitched a shot out. They didn't right. score in the second half,
0: right? So, uh, yeah, you can you 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 can fault them for what happened before that, but I mean, they they at least they turned it around in the second half, and you know, if you score, if you can get any more points out out of your offense there, and you know, win that situation late in the game. Like they, they, once again, and we talked about this the other day, right? The entire fourth quarter, this team was in position to win this game.
1: Absolutely. What was it? It was like 11 minutes left in a 21-18 game. Let me get the actual situation. Yeah, they scored
0: 11 so, uh on, on the one-yard run. So it was 21-18. And at the very minimum, you know, you've got uh, the rest of the game, at least to get a field goal to tie it, right?
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh had the ball with 824 in the fourth quarter down 3 had two drives just to get three points with a kicker that can probably make it from 60 in this game and they don't do anything
0: right and you know if you want if you want it- to if you want to dive deeper and say, you know, which side had more of an excuse. I mean, we talked, you know, ad nauseum about this team, what they've had to do at the inside linebacker position. And, uh, in this game against the, the Patriots, you got down Alex Highsmith. You, you, you probably weren't with a full 100% TJ Watt, uh, uh, obviously, uh, and, and you still managed to pitch a sh- shutout in the second half of this game. Once again, I'm not absolved. Don't don't take what I'm saying as absolving the defense at all. But uh, with all that said, they did pitch a shutout in the second half of this game and had the offense pull, you know. Uh, in other words, I, I think Mike Tomlin should have said, man, we should have won that game if our offense would have played better, you know, because they had the basically the entire fourth quarter to win that game.
1: Sure, I'm not even trying to get him to lay it all on the offense's feet, but just some some commentary about how about the situational football for the the offense, how bad they were on third down, the missed chances in the red zone, fourth down, those types of things. I mean, again, it's a press conference. You know, who cares about that? I'll just win the game. You can say whatever you want, but that was just my my first takeaway listening to the sure. presser was Tomlin come out about the defense and really not spend any time about the offensive struggles and how how they have to get better.
0: All right, I, I agree.
1: Uh, that's probably about it for me in terms of the, uh, the the big takeaways from Tomlin. I mean, he was more optimistic in this one, and I get he's got kind of this let's steady the ship on this kind of stormy path that we're on. That's usually where Tomlin directs to. He's not going to get super emotional in these type of moments when there's already a lot of emotion in that locker room, and that's probably the right approach to have. So we talked about our things fixable? Things are fixable. Didn't really seem to take into account uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's comments. Just kind of really, I don't know, twisted them a little bit in terms of what Minka was talking about and wasn't concerned about the the slow starts. So stuff that you can probably discuss and debate, but Tomlin trying to be very even keeled right now for a team that's clearly in flux. Uh,
0: He called it another subpar performance uh, as he did against the Cardinals. Yeah, I could use another S word instead of subpar. Probably could have came up with a better one, uh, a lot shorter too. Uh, (laughs) uh, Let's see. What else did he say? He thinks, uh, he thinks he has the, uh, the depth and the people in the locker room to make, uh, to make the playoffs. So, you know, look, got four games, man, four games. How will we, how will this be looked? How should it be? How will it, uh, be looked upon if by some miracle, this team goes four and gets into playoffs and wins a playoff game. I know this, this feels really, really high mm-hmm. out there hypothetical, uh, at this point and uh, people saying playoffs. You're talking about getting to win a game against, two and, against, yeah, against um, two, and, two and ten teams. I get it. But how will this be looked upon if it gets accomplished?
1: It'll be the Mike Tomlin rallying cry that the team is still buying in, that he has not lost the locker room. And I wrote this morning, you know, just wondering if he has or not, just based on their play and the comments and the frustration and how flat they came out against the Pats and what that means if he has lost that locker room. But obviously if you turn this thing around and run the table and go on this kind of great run, then guys are buying in and it's a Tomlin, you know, mantra of, you know, they're down, but they're not out and they find a way to get back in this thing. And obviously we're not talking about or remembering or focusing on the feelings and discussions we're having right now.
0: Uh, what did we learn? Did did we learn anything today?
1: No, essentially, (laughs) essentially no, no, I didn't really expect to learn a whole lot, you know, especially with kind of a cooling off period a couple of days since the game, um, you know, just to get confirmation Trubisky was going to start. Not surprised by that, but really didn't did not learn anything new.
0: And really didn't get much of an answer concerning Liao. He was asked about Liao. Now that you have a fully healthy, f- f- now that you're fully healthy on a D line, what went into Liao not getting the helmet? He said we just had a lot of people available. We had to make some choices on a short week. We put together the group that we thought would give us the best chance of winning. Uh, that's kind of damning in and of itself. If you really think, I know what he was trying to do, trying to gloss it over. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, look, uh, nobody understands that this team has to have inactives every week like we do. We we spend a lot of unnecessary time playing that game just because of, we like the minutia associated with it, and that minutia produces us having questions about why certain people don't get helmets. And you're talking about a second-year guy, a former third-round draft pick, uh, on on top of it, that's now not getting a helmet. After seeing snaps dwindle, uh, there's 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 more smoke to, to there's more smoke or there's there there's a bigger fire there than than maybe the smoke that Mike Thomas mm-hmm. is trying to let out. In in my opinion, I'm sure yours as well too. Uh, and then he was proceeded to be asked, does he need? to do more to show you guys that he's, and then he the cut off the question right then. And he says, uh, sometimes it's not about what he's doing or not doing. It might just be, you know, what someone else provides us. Well, you would hope that Leal would be one of those guys that could provide us whatever that us provide us is, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, sometimes it's what, you know, other... It means he's not good enough to get a
0: helmet right now. They don't trust him enough to get a helmet. That's what it means.
1: Yeah, if he had provided enough, something, then he would be dressing. But unless and until another injury surfaces along the the D-line, I expect Leal to be inactive the rest of the way.
0: There's nothing that, at least from where we sit going into this game against the Colts right now, there's nothing to lead you to believe that... uh, Liao will have a helmet against the Colts.
1: Agreed. Um, uh, unless
0: I mean, unless maybe Highsmith and or, and or Watt don't play, right? I mean, you could. could they're going to
1: have to call somebody up, and that's going to yeah. take up a spot. I mean, Tyron Johnson would have to come up. Is there anybody else? That's the only pass rusher, I think, in terms of an edge guy on the practice squad, correct? Or am I missing a name here? That sounds right. The practice squad shuffle sometimes I can kind of lose track, but you know Kyron Johnson may be the I don't know thirty third or thirty fourth and, and you don't want to have to put him
0: and you don't want to have to put him on the field.
1: Clearly, he didn't play a snap in that Patriots game, right? right. Despite losing your your uh, losing the Highsmith early in the second quarter, they just went the entire rest of the game with a probably concussed T.J. Watt and, and Nick Herbig, uh finishing it out, right? Yeah, I'm looking at the practice squad list. It looks like Kyron Johnson, the only one, but uh, he's going to have to play some if uh, if Highsmith and Watt can't go, but he'll have reps in, in practice to at least get him a bit more prepared.
0: I would imagine uh, a sign maybe even early as today is if they add another edge rusher to the practice squad.
1: Yeah, they probably would be smart to, because you just don't know about the protocol. I mean, right. these guys are going to have to take some time, so you probably want to have insurance against that and get somebody in. So I think by... Well, they're off today, but at least by tomorrow for Wednesday's practice, somebody's going to get signed.
0: Yeah, I would think so.
1: All right, looking around the AFC North besides Pittsburgh, it was a clean, sweet Baltimore in overtime thriller to beat the Los Angeles Rams on a 76-yard punt return touchdown by Tylen Wallace to win that one was 37-31. The Browns held off the Jaguars as Joe Flacco threw for three touchdowns, two to tight end David Njoku, one to David Bell on a fourth down call for 41 yards, his first career touchdown. And the Bengals taking control of this one, beating the Colts 34 to 14. Another solid outing by Jake Browning, Chase Brown, their running back, had some explosive plays, a long screen touchdown, and the Colts offense did not do much. That run game really suffered so your takeaways from the AFC North days. Uh,
0: yeah. If you thought you're going to get through a Sunday with the Steelers already having played and, and made you mad. If you thought you're going to get through a Sunday of not, uh, of, of, of being stress-free and not getting mad at the Steelers. I hope you didn't watch the <laughs> Bengals game and I hope you didn't watch the Browns game. Hope your TV
1: was <laughs> off is what you're
0: saying. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, look, you got to hand it to, to, to both the Browns and the Bengals, right? They, uh, uh, what, what Browning has done in these last two games has been pretty damn phenomenal. Uh, and it's only two games and maybe the glass slipper, uh, comes off and yeah, he ended up, uh, didn't he throw a, didn't he have a, uh, he had a pick
1: a, six by the Colts. Yes.
0: Yeah. Didn't, he had a pick six in there. That was pretty ugly and all. And, and Joe Flacco obviously wasn't perfect, uh, in that game against Cleveland, but man, a lot of the things that they did that, uh, that were positive positive. Sure, I I sure had offense uh, envy. You know Uh, how are other teams that you see almost on a weekly basis with the backup quarterbacks coming in? Uh, You know, and and you even look at what the Patriots did to the Steelers with, with 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 Bailey Zappi. You know how 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 is it that we can see this weekly around the league happen, yet we look at the Steelers and you know, veteran experience but backup even to Mitch Trubisky and you're you're looking at it and you you think, man, that it just it nothing appetizing about it.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating for sure. I wish I had a good answer for you. I mean, obviously there are, you know, many teams that have had backup quarterbacks play and the results have been ugly, but you know, you have what you would hope and are paying as such a competent quarterback in Mitch Trubisky, and whether it's a scheme thing or just a talent evaluation type issue, and again, Trubisky's own problems about not taking what's there. There was a really good commentary from I think Ben Fennel this morning that Joe Flacco, he knows how to play the quarterback position in terms of where the ball goes on time, in rhythm effectively and Trubisky really has not uh, shown to be that guy because he wants to push the envelope. He wants to throw the deep ball. He wants that YOLO, you know, let's let's go for the the home run ball type of mentality. I had this thought just watching the All-22. I mean, Pittsburgh just does not have a good pocket passer right now, like right. somebody that can really navigate and play from within the pocket well, go through their reads, their progressions, their presence within the pocket in terms of hitching and sliding. I mean, again, Pickett and, and Trubisky will show that on occasion, but I just think overall they're lacking a really fluid you know, you watch C.J. Stroud, and I know he's Stroud, and he's obviously better than than Pickett and Trubisky. But you just watch some of those guys that can really navigate from within the pocket well and play the quarterback position the way it's meant to be played. You're you're not seeing that in Pittsburgh.
0: You know, even Bailey Zappi showed it sometimes in this game against the Steelers that that he was able to to fill the pocket correctly mm-hmm. and step up into yep. it, especially in the first half of that game. Uh, you look at and obviously Dak Prescott's on a different level. Dak, Dak. And they've they've obviously got better tackles and really a, a, a very nice left side of that uh, offensive line. That's easy to trust that. But I mean, there's you know, these guys don't have any issue of trusting the pocket and sta- stepping up into it and then making plays down the field that way. And You just don't see the Steelers do that. Or if you do see it, it's 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 not very frequent at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, even just something like getting to your to your next read and finding the check down without having to bail. I think Trubisky. He does a better job than Pickett in terms of knowing where are as hot as that and getting to his check down in some instances better, but he also like try to run out of the pocket while he's doing that. So just small things like that where it just isn't as it's not as, um, I don't know, designed in the way that you draw it up. You just don't see that right now from these quarterbacks.
0: And then look, when they are moving out of pocket, you're not seeing them make those special signature plays you know, when, when, when they do have, to, when something does break down and obviously you don't want to get in a situation where you're having to do that 15 to 20 times a game where you're having to pull them the homes or, or insert quarterback uh, there. But uh, uh, in, you're not seeing enough when they are having to play outside of structure, there being signature plays. You
1: mm-hmm. know? In, in fairness, I don't really expect that from either guy. They're not of the Mahomes Allen physical Skill set that allows them to make. I mean, that, that play that Josh Allen had along the sideline is just something that you can only dream about happening in Pittsburgh. But to be fair, most you know ninety five percent of mm-hmm. quarterbacks can't can't make that play.
0: Sure, but I mean, what going back to the point, you know you. And it's, it's easy to look around and have envy and not notice the negative as much when you're watching other teams because you're more hypercritical watching a team that you follow, uh, more. But mm-hmm. you watch what, watch what Flacco did and just some of the designs and, and people say, yeah, but he had a couple of guys wide open. Well, okay. Uh how come the Steelers can't scheme some of this up? You know, to to get guys wide open there. Uh, I get that some of these are, or you know, some of these throws that you're seeing are layups. Well, Steelers need to get them some layups. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? Yeah, well, that's why I began my answer talking about some of the coaching. When when you're down personnel, I think scheme and coaching becomes all the more heightened. I think any coaching staff can look good with a, a grade A blue chip talent. You know, that, that that's fine. But whenever injury strike, it's late in the season. You're Battling fatigue and and injuries, both big and small. How do you manage that? How do you overcome that? That's where coaching really comes into focus. And you're seeing the Browns on that fourth down call, that kind of roll out to the right, and uh, bells open over the middle. The defense bites. Now, again, that call doesn't work. You'll get killed for it. That's the the you know black and white nature of the NFL. But you're just seeing those things. But but yeah, I mean Flacco and Browning, they're not the elite physical talents in terms of you know Mahomes and Allen, Lamar, those types of guys. And they're playing from the pocket. They're making plays and. The scheme is is helping them. It's aiding them. And so those are things that aren't consistently happening in Pittsburgh.
0: Right. I agree. And look, <laughs> I mean, you got four games to, to try to show some. You know, it's just we, we know what it's going to look like if they win games. It feels like, you know, I, I, you know we, we dare them to show us something different where it's a 30 to 17 game.
1: Yeah, it's the same movie you're watching every week. Um, it's like right. the the people that watch the reruns of The Office. You just you know what's going to happen before you even hit play. You're you're expecting that. Even on just getting the old twenty two of this game a little bit, the uh, Trubisky interception. I didn't like the decision from Trubisky. Frymouth did kind of slope on his route there at the top, but it, it's just four verticals for Pittsburgh. And so the Patriots defense are just getting depth and they're kind of carrying things vertically. There's nothing underneath. There's no crosser that's going to maybe stress somebody horizontally. It's just four verticals. Yes, it's third and 10, whatever the down and distance was. It was third and long. Um, but there's nothing there that really stresses the, the defense beyond just four verticals. Plus, they did
0: a great job of, uh, uh, of, of, of disguising what they were doing too. You know, uh, on that yeah, particular play,
1: have a, a, a post snap rotation or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. They they really did a good job of showing one thing pressure wise, and then uh, post snap uh, painting a whole different picture. Where you know, I, I don't think I don't think Trubisky expected. it's not. I'm not excusing him. You no. know, but uh, you know, that just points to some of the things that they do on the other side of the football that that we don't see the Steelers do a good enough job at a, as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh's secondary injuries have limited them recently in that regard. But yeah, I, I know Pittsburgh used the hard count a ton in that game. I heard Trubisky using it repeatedly just to try to get them to maybe you know, show a blitz or show a rotation, and it didn't really seem to work that well. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that was something we noted at the Patriots. They have a good a good secondary, a good defense, a veteran-laden group with uh, Phillips and Duggers play football for a couple years now, et cetera. So they can do some more things post-snap, and I think that certainly gave Pittsburgh a lot of trouble.
0: And you know, the all twenty two, there were some glimpses of some nice runs there. In fact, they probably ran a little bit better than probably what we expected of a run, right? And
1: the Patriots or the Steelers? The Steelers. I mean it eh. wasn't
0: it wasn't it wasn't great overall, but I mean from what, what you kinda expect there were a couple of nice four or five, you know, yard runs. You know, the biggest thing once again is it coming down to you not having enough trust in your run game in the third and third and two, four and two situation there.
1: Yeah, I mean they did. It was about what I. They expected. they
0: did enough though once again to put themselves in a position to win, as 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 ugly as it was. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. I mean, they they had multiple, even just to tie it, at least with a with a great a kicker. Um, to not even get in his range was disappointing.
0: Yeah, I thought Daniels played a pretty good game. Uh, uh overall, obviously the cold snaps are concerning. Uh, as as a whole, the offense not great. Obviously, and it starts at the quarterback position. I just I didn't feel like 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 Trubisky played. I I I don't see what Mike Tomlin was talking about getting better as the game went on.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe just from a point standpoint that they they were able to get some points on the board a All little right. bit, but even then that felt like pulling teeth and took a great catch by you know Deontay Johnson to to get your first touchdown. Of the game. I don't think play action has been super successful. I don't think teams are really biting on that. I don't know why that is. I mean, with Pittsburgh's running game being successful, you thought maybe that would aid things a bit. I haven't done the numbers on that. They hit a big play against the Cardinals with thirty-eight, the pickings off of play action, but I just feel like generally speaking, play action is seemingly non threatening to opposing defenses.
0: Yeah. And then you see uh the first uh Browns touchdown, under center Joe Flacco play action. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, so maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know if we actually have data on, on play action numbers. Uh, they have been utilizing it more, I think, since Canada has been fired. But I don't know if it's been incredibly successful in the way of really getting defenses to to bite and take the cheese.
0: Yeah, I'm going to wait until I know we've got Tom Mead's numbers and play action into charting and all. Uh, I'll have a bigger picture. Uh, focus. Why don't we talk about that on Wednesday okay. a little bit more on, on the play action and, and success or, or or lack thereof?
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Uh one other thing I was noting, and I was messing around with some numbers last night, and I didn't feel like the numbers were striking enough to write about it, but I felt I mean I had the numbers here. Pittsburgh was in three by one a lot. You know, if you're in offense formation, you know, in terms of your passing your gun uh, passing concepts, you can be three by one, two by two, or empty are the most common ones. And I had Pittsburgh three by one on fifty-eight percent of their uh, their pass plays from shotgun, saying two by two was something like twenty-seven percent. And most of the others were, were empty. Uh, they came out in three by one, like the first, I don't know, five or six plays. And they kind of mixed things up a little bit later in the in the middle portion of the game. And then late in the game, some two by two. But I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a high number or not. I imagine it's maybe a little bit higher than league average. But um, just something I noticed. that I felt like they were in three by one kind of static stuff uh, early on.
0: All right. Here, here, I do have some numbers for you here. Updated. Uh, play action. 94 snaps. Uh, this season for the Steelers, uh, which is 12% use usage. It ranks 30, 30th in the league. As far as usage percentage goes, uh, pass, uh, let's see. I'll have to drill this down as far as results go, but as, as you would imagine the results, uh, let's see success percentage, 43%, uh, 25th, uh, rank in the league there. So, you know, Obviously, it it hasn't been doing. Not only do they not do it a lot, uh, it the, the success rates aren't aren't all that.
1: Sure, and and again, I think it has been used more in in the last couple of weeks in the Faulkner Sullivan era. And I, and again, some plays may be even considered successful, but are you seeing the defense really bite and get guys open? I'm not even seeing that on tape. So right. success rate and actual influence, I think, can sometimes be two different things.
0: All right. And what was the other thing that stuck out formationally, you said? Yeah,
1: just uh, they're three by one, you know, how they were aligning, because I noticed three by one a lot in the first half. I don't have success rates or anything off of that, um, but 58 percent three by one in this game. I hadn't charted it past games because if it was like 70 percent plus, I probably would have had more of a point to it. But I even just thought early at the first, like five or six snaps of the game uh, gun passes were Three by one. And I think maybe just I saw some commentary from, I think, Dan Orlovsky, Kurt Warner saying this team is just in three by one stand still a lot. And mm-hmm. I wanted to investigate that some more. Not really sure, Matt, in terms of a conclusion, but that's something I'm kind of tracking.
0: Uh, and probably not surprisingly, they were in 11 personnel, 46 snaps in this game.
1: Yeah. And when you're behind, you know, you're passing. So I can see the 11 personnel um, allure to do that.
0: All right. Defense, what stuck out to you?
1: A lot of cover too in this one, especially early. I think Pittsburgh's played a lot of cover too the last couple of weeks trying to keep a lid on things. And to their credit, they actually have, you know, generally speaking, kept a lid on things the last month. They have not faced some great quarterbacks, and that has certainly helped. But that is something I wrote about this morning for the site. Um, but just picking on Michael Walker early, you know, that, that first touchdown, um, that, that, you know, rubber out there from Henry and, and, and Elliott. And that's a tough play for Walker in fairness to him. A lot of linebackers would have been caught on that, but tack him to get that first touchdown, the second one, they go three by one. Uh, Henry backside isolating Walker on him. Walker slips as Hunter breaks to the the post and gives up the touchdown that way. And then uh cover two on the third touchdown, that second one to Henry, where you he talked about Casey, just, just got to make that play. Right.
0: Right, yeah, it, it's it's hard to imagine when you look at that, especially from the end zone view, and uh, kind of see them try to sneak that, uh, sneak you know, sneak the tight end, you know, fake fake the fake the screen to that side, and kind of run, run what I like to call a, a, a sucker, you know, type of sucker type. We we saw the Eagles do this against the state and it's become it's, it's not uncommon. And I thought uh, I thought overall, Casey recognized the whole thing well. You know, mm-hmm. he and he and he had a good seat for the entire uh, uh, show of that, and 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 Zappy really kind of after he after he you know faked left uh, there, he you know, all you had to do is follow his eyes on it. You knew where to play. Uh, it's not a, a lack of 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 figuring out figuring out you know diagnosing it there. He just bad position overall. How do you let that ball get o- over your head? Bad angle, uh, bad leap at the end there. And, you know, Zappi put it where, where, you know, uh, look, when, when he let go of that ball, I thought they got him. I, I, I thought yeah. that was going to be intercepted to be quite honest with you. And at worst, I thought, you know they'd get knocked down, or he'd get drilled at the contact point. And it would be uh, a, a catch there. But I mean, the worst scenario came out of a play that you had a guy uh, in 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 Casey sitting there diagnosing the whole thing.
1: Yeah, just didn't make the play. Just did not finish. That's what that one came down to. Uh, the tight ends continue to be a problem. I know the Colts don't have any like top tier. Tight ends that they target, but there's some talent there. Uh, Mo Ali Cox was mm-hmm. a the basketball player background. You wonder if he's going to get involved more. Jelani Woods didn't he make didn't Woods make some plays against Pittsburgh last year? I know he's been super quiet this year. I believe for for the Colts, but wouldn't be surprised if they're going to try to get those guys more involved this week.
0: Yeah, looking back, and are they they're they're not going to have uh, uh Jonathan Taylor this week? I wouldn't imagine, right?
1: Doesn't look like it. I'm not going to rule it out, but. uh yeah, unlikely would be my my response.
0: Uh they got Mo Alley Cox had one catch for two yards against the Bengals. That should mean absolutely nothing right now with, <laughs> with, with the ogle Ogletree. Uh what, what's Ogletree? Uh he's a wide receiver, isn't he? Uh
1: Money, what's his first name? Is it Kevin?
0: Andrew oh no, Andrew Ogletree. He's a he's a big tight end of theirs. Okay. Uh
1: the was Woods out for the year? I'm trying to think. I don't know if Woods has played this year. Someone got hurt down there in Indy. Let me let me check that. He was placed on IR back in uh in August. So okay, I want to check myself there. But but Mo Alley Cox is gonna be a guy that has not played a lot this year. Right. But um is a guy that I could see, you know, having that random great game against Pittsburgh.
0: Right. Uh and obviously you got uh, Pittman over there, you know, who a lot of a lot of their offense runs through Michael Pittman.
1: So Yeah, I think he's been a pretty has he been a pretty hardcore underneath guy, or am I thinking somebody else? You might be thinking a. Uh, they Paris do use Campbell. him
0: a little bit. Uh, they use him uh, uh, down the field vertically at times, especially in the okay. red zone.
1: Yeah, 10.4 yards per catch. I think I'm thinking of Paris Campbell, who's out there with the Giants right now. So, yeah, don't know for sure how they're going to play it. Going to get into their tape later this week. But, uh, yeah, there's still some guys to, to worry about.
0: They were only three of 11 on third down against the Bengals in that game. 272 net yards, uh, 4.5 yards per game. But anyway, we got plenty of time to talk about them. What else? What else we got to wrap up here before we get out of here?
1: yeah I just thought, you know looking at some of the guys that quote unquote play the game the right way with the energy the intensity of the guys you want to start to to model and follow alandon roberts fighting through that kudos to him minka on one hand i mean he's having to tackle different ways kind of have to roll and cut guys as opposed to wrapping up you know first play of the game he goes in and just takes out the the runner's legs um those are things you appreciate and guys that you, you know you you know are still engaged and are still fighting you see roberts after the game just how kind of despondent he was in the loss and you know how much i'm sure he worked and pushed and what he had to do to get ready for this game to lose is against his former team no less less. too i mean there's probably something to to be said about that so you feel for that guy but you know those are guys that are going to be in this thing the whole way
0: uh keanu benton uh while limited in snaps overall i thought he represented himself once once again uh good in this game
1: yeah, I had a couple of cut ups and making plays against the run and forcing running backs off track in the bounce. And sometimes guys couldn't finish. But, you know, not a lot of snaps or betting in this one. Did have the injury. Um, I came in the game with the oblique. So I think he had three sub package snaps in this one. I, you know, I tracked that had just one against Arizona on a short week. You know, I kinda understand it a bit more, but we'll see how things look on a longer week. All right. All right, Dave. Anything else you want to get some reader, reader emails and close out today's show?
0: Yeah, we'll just get to a couple because I'm we're we're short on time here today with some things, and I got to run. I got uh, got an appointment. I got to get to today too. Let's see. Ed, uh, Edward Arnold writes in. Good morning, Dave and Alex. Obviously, it's a rough time to be a Steelers fan, but I want to take a moment to vent. Get your opinion. It seems like there's a lot out there now about fire Tomlin, blow up the team, wasting players' primes, trade away TJ Watt, etc. To me, it feels like everyone thinks we can magically turn into the Eagles or Niners next year if we just do all those things. What Steeler fans seem to be asking for is what uh, Chicago, Carolina, and Washington have been doing. How's that working out for them? He writes, the Eagles and Niners weren't built in one offseason. The Eagles were blown out by Brady in the playoffs, and the Eagles fans thought Hurts should have uh, been replaced, he says. And the idea of wasting players' primes isn't that uh, a vast majority of what the NFL is. There are current and future Hall of Fame players that never sniff Super Bowl appearances. I agree changes need to be happened this offseason, but is it reasonable to think these last uh, two weeks have shown us Uh, the answers for coaching changes are definitely not from within the organization. He says, you guys do a great job of being unbiased and, and, and reasonable when it comes to your coverage. So none of this was directed towards you. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but still going to watch every game to end the season. Hope they can win even uh, every game. And, uh, even if it is a knuckleball kind of way, shame on me for wanting them to succeed," he says. "Maybe I should become an Eagles fan so I can take pride booing the team and chasing players out of town. Uh, maybe then I can even boo Santa," he says. Uh, "Look, Edward, everybody's frustrated right now uh, for 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 sure. Uh, the main thing when it comes to Tomlin that Alex and I talked about the other day is if indeed this team this thing uh, goes south and this team not only." you know, doesn't make the playoffs, but you know, fails to win a, win a playoff game. Uh, Everything needs to be looked at. Everything needs to be looked at in, in, in total. Now in my heart of hearts, do I think Mike Thomas is going to get run run out of town or traded or, or or whatever after this season? Not, not from where I sit right now. I I don't, Uh, I, I I would be a little bit surprised if that happens. Uh, But look, you just 2016, uh, last season, this team's had a playoff win and had some pretty, pretty, pretty good rosters uh, since then. And yeah, you, you know, last year was a little bit forgivable with the rookie quarterback and all like that. But this was the year that we were supposed to be talking about with this roster. That man got to make the playoffs. Got to get a playoff win. So hopefully, we can start talking about maybe a Super Bowl uh, window opening. Well. Especially coming out of these last two weeks, how many people are, you know, and I realized Kenny's sideline and, 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 and yada, yada. But I mean, you know, you kind of wonder can, can, can Tomlin take this team, you know, back and, and ever make another, another Super Bowl run right now? You know, it, it gets tiring after every year since 2016 saying, yeah, but, yeah, but. You know, it's, Mm it's, it's time to get into playoffs and win a a playoff game this year. Uh, And that, that way there's, you know, and look, it just, the eye test right now, period Uh, on the offensive side of football. Give us something that passes an eye test. Go ahead, Alex.
1: Yeah, something that just shows a sign of improvement, encouragement, and this thing headed in the right direction. They're going backwards right now. They're not even stuck at neutral. They've been in reverse uh, for most of the season. In terms of the overall venting, yeah, I mean, that happens with every fan base. You're, you're definitely right about that. I just look through uh, Twitter timeline and just typed in fire Nick Sirianni and you see a smattering of people calling for that. These things happen. Um, you know, to every fan base whenever any loss occurs, even, you know, kind of crazy knee-jerk reactions like that. But to me, it's a more of a, a, a longer trend with this team. I mean, I'm not calling Graham to be fired, to be clear. Um, I, I think Tomlin will be back. I'm pretty confident Tomlin's going to return in 2024. Yeah. Beyond that, you know, who knows? We'll see. But I, I'm, I'm, I can say the fact that I'm not 100% confident says something, but I am pretty confident Tomlin will be back in 2024. Um, but again, just this longstanding, you know, drought of, of lack of success is is building up and you lose to these two teams in a year where, as Dave said, expectations were high. I feel like, okay, this is the year where there is not an excuse to really put things together and take that jump has not happened, at least uh, so far. Uh, what happens, Dave? I know we're kind of speculating. What happens if this team gets to the playoffs, but is one and done again? What is the the reaction? Something will have had to have gone right for them to get to the playoffs. They'll have to turn this thing around to some degree, probably go at least three and one, which is going to have a different uh, shift in tone for this team. But then they get bounced in the wild card game. What becomes the reaction then?
0: I, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. The expectation should be, in my opinion, this year to get into playoffs and win at least one game, period.
1: Fair. I respect that. Uh,
0: mer- merely getting there. You know, uh, you put it in a post the other day or today, or I'm, I'm losing track there. Saying you know, the standard used to be Super Bowls, and it used to be, yeah, mm. AFC, you know, championship game. Then it used to be okay, win a couple of playoff games. Then, it, you know, uh, now now it's uh, you know, just get into the playoffs. You know, never or, had a losing season. or Never know. never had a losing Nine season. Eight. You know that that's 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 not. That's not what you work towards every year. Uh, some organizations, yes, I agree, they would love to have that. Mm-hmm. They would like to get to that point. Uh, Tomlin's done this long enough; has had good enough rosters since 2016. And I realize every season has its own set set of circumstances and all like that. But and you know, I pulled up that quote from uh, Art Rooney II back uh, just this past January. You know, uh, uh, after the after the last season ended, him talking about you know he'd like the way this team finished. You know right and that gave him hope you know uh with with the rookie quarterback and yada yada uh are, are we just going to be able to rubber stamp that again and 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 for martinreese said well you know they finished three and one they got in the playoffs we lost the play. i like the way they finished did you you know
1: sure Right, I mean, ends in a loss. And again, we're not—we know how hard it is to win in the NFL. We're not saying, oh, they didn't win the Super Bowl, so it's a failure. But there is a point where you have to win a playoff game and show, okay, the, the pieces are there. There's real tangible progress. You've done something you haven't done in a while. That shows we're headed in the right direction, and we're not seeing that for, for the long longest time right now.
0: Uh, and, yeah. And and I'll go back once again. People don't like to hear me talk about it, but there are four games left in this season. So let's see what happens here. Uh, and if they
1: beat the Colts, we're all going to be happy and going, Dave, they're back in it. And yeah, they, the tone will change.
0: Yeah. And it seems like the tones changed every other week. <laughs> this this season, you know, sure. uh, even though it the overall it's not looking, they're getting the W. It's not really passing a lot of eye tests, especially on the offense. But it's been quite a roller coaster ride. This the, look, just beat the Colts, you know, and then let's see what what the narrative and what we're talking about on uh, uh, next week is. If they lose to the Colts three straight, well, you, uh, I not that I think that it can get any lower than what it is right now, you know, uh but we'll see. Uh, One more. Sean writes in, there's nothing to get excited about going forward looking at this team. Serious changes needs to be made. The product is unacceptable for the Steelers. Let's not give Colbert a pass either. He says some of these draft classes after 2016 were terrible. Why does this team refuse to find some young coordinators, someone who brings innovation to the team? Both coordinators should be replaced at the very least. It's tough watching all these backups around the league light up the scoreboard and stat line. And our first round quarterback, can't do the uh, simplest of things so we'll just we'll end that with kind of just a commentary from 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 sean because we we'll really don't have any anything uh we understand people are, are are upset for sure we were upset uh uh you know with, with with the way things have gone specifically these last two weeks uh it's understandable a lot of people are saying the, the things that people are saying right now right
1: yeah, I understand that. And listen, I mean, assuming Tomlin is back in 24, the OC hire is going to be the most important coaching hire he's made in his entire you know, coaching career. He's got to get that one right, and it's got to get right fast, not even just, okay, let's right. give it a couple of years and you know let things kind of play out. They got to take a year to get to know each other. No, n- none of that's acceptable. They have to get it right and have to get it right immediately.
0: Right. So if we leave you with anything on this Monday podcast, it's the fact that they're to the succeed right now. And there's four games left in the season, uh, two against teams that have seven and six records, uh, one against the Seahawks team that's about ready to meld in probably, and one against the Ravens at the end of the season. That who knows what situation that 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 that, that will turn out to be for them. So, uh, three three of these games, even though the, even the way the Steelers play football seem like are somewhat winnable
1: yeah Pittsburgh has the capacity to win them but we've been singing that tune for a while now and saying the tune against the Cardinals and the Patriots uh, this team just has to have some resolve and I think Dan Moore made the comment maybe for the Cardinals game got to show some mental toughness this team, this team has to show its mental toughness right now um, if they, they if they don't have that if they don't show that it's not going to matter
0: All right, uh, hours up, Uh, Alex, or else I'm going to have to charge you more for your time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Send you the bill. All right, we'll be back. i got a live stream tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Dave and I, so we'll get uh, similar comments there, and then be back on Wednesday to talk about not sure what to talk about. We'll find something to, uh, to discuss.
0: Yeah. injury report be out and all like that. And players will talk. So we'll find something to chat about for sure. All right. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steelers Depot, follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. follow the show at terrible podcast, email the show the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, Steelers Depot.com hit the donate button, up upright navigation. Bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, Steelers Depot.com, find the ad free button, follow the directions that way. So until Wednesday, As always, thanks for listening to The Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.